I call our world Flatland. Not because we call it so, but to make its nature clearer to you, my happy readers, who are privileged to live in space. Imagine a vast sheet of paper on which straight lines, triangles, squares, pentagons, hexagons, and other figures, instead of remaining fixed in their places, move freely about, on or in the surface, but without the power of rising above or sinking below it, very much like shadows, only hard and with luminous edges. And you will then have a pretty correct notion of my country and countrymen. Alas, a few years ago, I should have said my universe... But now my mind has been open to higher views of things. Welcome to episode six of Sandwich Wingman. I'm Rob Hanna here with Ryan Morrison. How are you today, Ryan? I am. I'm good, Rob. How are you? I am great. Yeah, you already said that, I guess. But... Yes, yeah. But I am really happy to uh, to have started with a quote from uh, I would say a very unique work called Flatland, a romance of many dimensions, yes. uh, written by Edwin A. Abbott. We think back in the 1880s and, um, yes. I am, uh, very much excited to get at that later in the, in the episode, but that quote was right from the beginning when, uh, he kind of, uh, introduces, uh, the, the world to us. Um, nice. Yes. So, so this week, uh, the ingredient, uh was is chicken chicken uh yes uh it's it's what's for this episode's topic <laughs> um uh so uh, i <laughs> the, so the first um, white meat yeah the first yes very nice um so I'm, I'm very excited to tell you about my sandwich and i'm really looking forward to hearing about your sandwich this week i wonder if we should just kind of uh dive in i mean all i'll say to, in, to introduce this is that um, you know, chicken is a uh, pretty uh, staple ingredient. So um, uh, I'm interested to see how we can actually see if the, if we can literally spice it up uh, <laughs> to and uh, kick uh, it up a notch. Yeah, to kick it up a notch. Um, so let's. Uh, can I begin by asking you what you did this week? You can. Okay. Is that where you're going to do? I am. Please. Oh, okay. Um, so what did you make this week? Yes. So I made, um, kind of a, uh, chicken salad, except that the, the binding ingredient was not mayonnaise, but hummus. Oh, okay. Yes. And, um, I didn't know what kind of chicken to use and I'm pretty lazy. This is not, um, like one of our other meats thus far where you can just get, you know, slices, uh, cold cuts. You know, exactly. You gotta, you gotta actually do something with chicken, and and so um, I thought through a lot of things. I actually would be um, open to doing another chicken week some somewhere not too far down the road. Uh, oh, okay. I think there are a lot yeah. of a lot of possibilities here. I ended up um, using chicken sausage. Wow, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it it helps with this this little little project here, um, and uh, to put it together. Um, basically I got like a 16 ounce container of, of hummus. This was red pepper hummus. And it's a, it's of a brand that, uh, leaves a lot of space in the container. Uh, okay. But anyway, I took some out and, and ate it at a different time. And it was good. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, I, I, that, that was the testing phase. That was, yes. So the, the, the hummus passed the test. And in addition, that freed up some room in the container. Um, so uh, what I did from there 
is I got I took two of the chicken sausages. Mm-hmm. So there's about I don't know um, about eight ounces left of hummus in this container, maybe nine. Um, so I got this sausage. I kind of cut it length, cut uh, one at a time, cut it lengthwise. Okay. So then I've got like the the half, like the flatland perspective of the <laughs> of the sausage on my hand, and then just kind of cut it down lengthwise again. So it's kind of quartered, except when I quartered it, I didn't go through the the casing. And, okay. Mm-hmm. And but that basically uh, got to the point where I could just break off pieces with my thumb, okay. keeping the casing out of out of the mixture completely. So I threw the, threw away the casing. But what I, what I got were like like little like cubic centimeter sized pieces of chicken sausage. Mm-hmm. You know the the edges weren't uh, that clean necessarily, but it did the job. So two chicken sausages in there, mm-hmm. sliced. And not sliced, diced onion and celery, which is something I, I try to keep on hand um, mm-hmm. for eggs in particular, and um, about thirty pomegranate seeds I put in there. Okay, you've just—I think you've just raised the bar. Yes. <laughs> well, I basically um, now now I'm self-conscious with the, the with the bar raising. But I basically oh, sorry, just, sorry, well, sorry, I just yeah. washed my hand and just kind of mixed up the the mixture, the hummus mixture in in the hummus container with my hand. Awesome. And what I got was this really nice. It's, it's kind of hard to call it chicken salad. Whatever it was, that's that's what it was. Okay, so and put on multi grain bread, and that was it. So we can refer to this as a chicken salad sandwich in in short, but. It's, you've definitely enhanced this and brought it to a new level. It was different. It was different. Uh, so, so for ease of assembly, it sounded like there was quite a a little bit there. What, what, what would you give it? I I think I I should probably settle in at, at a two. It was uh, okay. It was not uh, like I didn't have to cook the chicken, right? Like like the, the yep. sausage, I didn't even heat it up. It's just cold sausage. Okay. So, um, but you know, there's still some work there and. Just making sure you got the the onion and celery diced and ready to go, whatever. But so but everything, there. yeah, but everything there was uncooked. Uh, like there was no, you didn't additionally cook the onions or anything, that's, right? No sauteing. That's right, or uncooked. Okay, okay. And uh, it was it made made a more interesting um, consistency, I think. And uh, in terms of the the end process of the assembly, all I had to mm-hmm. do was basically make sure that that. Hummus container was not going to open in transit, and it just brought bread and that to work, and just scooped that out and put it on bread. So I put it. So a, I, yeah, yeah. No, no. I was going to ask questions. How big were the sausages again? I think you had said that they were they. You said they were cubic uh, centimeters. Is that right? Yeah. So the sausages started, you know, somewhere between. Um, a, like a half dollar and a quarter and, uh, and a yep, quarter got it. in circumference. Got it. But uh, I um, I quartered it with a knife, like running mm-hmm. running up and down. And so when I uh, flicked parts off parts of it off with my thumb, you know, working way, my way down the sausage, it kind of it took off pieces that 
you know, were about as long as they were wide. So, got it. And that that reminds me of a way you would also, uh, I guess, um, with an avocado, right? That's the one way you would get out the parts of the avocado, right? You kind of are, are folding the outside in a way that you would pop pieces out. Is that kind of how I'm oh, yeah. thinking about this? Okay. Uh, sure. I, you know, just just an analogy there in my mind. Um, but yeah, so so two. Now, okay, two. Your your yes. big reveal, Rob Hanna. My chicken. big reveal, chicken. <laughs> um, so I gave myself also a two out of five this week, and I'll get into why. Uh, so w- what I did this week, uh, I also got to rely on pre. <laughs> Oh, thanks. Right. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's like uh, it's like I'm Mr. Chicken. You got a little closer uh, to the chicken, yes. Yeah, I got very close to chicken. And so this this was leftover chicken that, that had been made, uh, we had made for a previous meal. Um, and so this was actually a chicken that had been marinated in soy and garlic, uh, rice, wine, vinegar, and mirin. Whoa. Uh, so there was a lot of flavor uh, to this chicken. Mm. I was very lucky to have had uh, some support. Very in, uh, tart. In, in that, yes. So, um, so I can't take credit for that part of the ease of assembly, but I was glad to have had that uh, ready to go. And then, so what I did was I decided to make a kind of a leftover chicken sandwich. Um, so I went in uh, the next day and did not pre-assemble, but have this chicken uh, with some uh, leftover broccolini. I'm sorry, asparagus. Um, and I went over to a uh, uh, a local uh, establishment. And uh, ordered a salad that was a vegetarian salad and decided to select certain of those salad ingredients for my sandwich. Ooh. So this was kind of a, a very extensive assembly, but I decided to go with it. So what ended up happening was this was essentially is like a soy chicken sandwich. I had it on cranberry focaccia, which was excellent, um, with chopped feta cheese, um, essentially chopped asparagus, chickpeas, chopped lettuce, chopped tomato, uh, chopped pecans. Uh, chopped cucumbers, uh, chopped Kalamato olives, and sh- and sh- and shredded shredded carrot strips. The, <laughs> I, I, the reason I wanted, yeah, I mean, I said chopped a lot because I wanted to emphasize the 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 size of these ingredients. Uh, <laughs> but but this the, the, this was a uh, a large. This is a big undertaking for a relatively small sandwich. I mean, I would say that. The focaccia, if I, I'm, I'm drawing a square on my pad now to get a sense of the size of it, I would say it was about um, three inches squared, right? So I had also a square. Um, uh, so um, it wasn't that big, but it was big enough. Um, I think I got that right. Yeah, three inches, yeah. So uh, so that's what I did. But it was it, then I had to, like, assemble it, and I had to pick part out of an already mixed salad and add it to the sandwich, I tried to chop up the chicken into smaller pieces and the asparagus and kind of lined it up. Yeah. It was not a pretty kind of assembly, but I did end up uh, putting it into the microwave thinking that maybe the feta would melt a bit, but it really didn't. Yeah. Um, and I thought that would keep the integrity better, but it didn't, but I can get to that later. So this is my leftover soy chicken sandwich on cranberry focaccia. With 18 vegetables. With a lot of veggies, which which I would say uh, pumped up my nutritional value. Yes, that is true. Well, um, yes. Well, that is impressive, sir. It's kind of hard for me to picture in my mind what, what that taste would be like. Yeah, unfortunately, I took many photos of this. Um, okay, good. And uh, I did take a very ugly, open-faced one. Um, good. But I... Uh, we, so, we, we, so by <laughs> the time people are listening to this, they will have seen 
the photo will be attached to the... Yeah, the open face one is, is unflattering, but at least it will give you a sense of what was in there. So, um, so yeah, so that, that was what I did. Uh, maybe I'll just jump to nutrition because I just mentioned yeah. it. Um, so I, I went back and forth on this on, on the day I ate it. I thought it was really a five out of five, but since then, this morning, I, I, I moved that down to a four. So I give this a four. It, it was very nutritious, lots of veggies, uh, but I'm not sure how healthy feta cheese is really. And, um, you know, I don't know. And there was a lot of stuff on the, on the chicken, but I don't know. So four out of five, maybe on a different day, I would have given it a five. Um, what, what about you for nutritional value? I'm, I'm, I'm also sticking with four. I thought, okay, good. I thought my ingredients were pretty healthy. I mean, there's a limit to how much, um, hummus one should eat probably. And a chicken sausage may not be the most healthy variety of chicken. True. But it was um, it was very good, and uh, yeah, I thought it was I thought it was uh, reasonably healthy. Again, you know, we're not including the bread in that math because if so, exactly. we would have to do so every week. So, without a doubt, uh, yeah, I, um, I I will say I think we both probably inferred that it was nice to have the chicken pre-made. Uh, or at least had had already made for another purpose, right? So yes. um, that made that made it a lot easier for me as well. Um, I think otherwise it would have been a much heavier lift to try to have to you know cook the chicken just to make a, a sandwich for lunch. So, right. um, so yeah, so that, that's um, that's that. So maybe we can go into the taste of yours. I, I'm, oh, I'm really right. yes. In, yeah. This is the the big reveal. Yes, please. Um, so yeah, I spent a lot of time thinking about this as well. I'm going to go with an eight for taste. It oh, tasted very excellent. good. Very good. That's excellent. Excellent. Was not the best sandwich I've ever made in terms of taste, but I would definitely look forward to eating one of these sandwiches. It was it was very good. I don't would say. So, how about? Well, I really love. Yeah, go ahead, please. No, uh, just handing it off to you. Oh, I'll, yeah. All I was going to say to yours was that I just love the aspect because you know how much I'm not a fan of things like mayonnaise. I know. So I I love the aspect of thinking I could use hummus instead. I, I made this uh, for I, you, I, Rob Hannah. Oh, thanks, thanks. This is what the sandwich wingman's all about. You really, uh, you, 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 you were my wingman on this one. Yes. Well, I will be uh, if you actually make it and eat it. But true, we'll see. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, so, so for me, for taste, um, there are a bunch of great things going on here. I, I gave it a seven out of ten, but I think, as I said, on a different day, maybe it would have rated it higher. It was, it was a very tasty sandwich. Um, I love that the cucumber added a nice crunch. The, the marinated chicken was a tremendous amount of, of good flavor. Um, uh, the chicken was still quite tender, uh, even after I microwaved it a little bit. Um, the, the, the chicken pieces themselves were the right size after I cut them. Uh, I love the mixture of flavors. It was delightful. Everything kind of just worked with each other. There were different textures like, you know, the, the, the feta cheese, um, you know, added that type of flavor. And then like you think about chickpeas is something that kind of like mash and are kind of a smoother flavor or a smoother uh, taste experience. Yeah. So, so overall I just thought it was a, it was a delightful thing. It, it didn't stay together that well. But they, you know, once I got like a bite of it, um, it was quite tasty. So seven out of ten on that one, which means I, I probably would think of making something like that again. But given the um, almost random nature of the uh, internal ingredients, I wonder whether I would replicate it <laughs> or whether right. I could. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, right. You can just take what's on hand. Actually, my um, sandwich was inspired by a salad as well. A salad, oh. a salad that I've eaten before. Um, it's called the falafel metzi. Salad. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah. Uh, in addition to some some lemon couscous, it's got uh, a few little falafel pieces, but it's got this little mound of 
hummus and pomegranate seeds. That's kind of really where I've where I picked up the the power of the pomegranate seed, which really just adds adds like a little brightness to it. And uh, as long as you can handle the texture, like if you if you just ate like a mouthful of pomegranate seeds, mm-hmm. you'd have a lot to contend with, chewing wise. Yeah, you're right. Did did but that but that didn't take away from the your experience of the sandwich. No, yeah, I didn't even notice. It would be like maybe one one per little mouthful or something like that. Got it. Kind of random. Got it. Little and, and, and burst. It worked, yeah, it worked. It worked really well with the sausage. It did. The uh, you know the reason I ask is that it makes me think of like um, like cranberry sauce at Thanksgiving time or something that can I can actually go well with with uh, you know meat flavors yeah I don't know but um, well so. but but also in, if you're picturing this this weird chicken salad thing in your with your mind's tongue the, yes. the dominant flavor was the red pepper hummus oh right good point so so you had a lot of flavor going on yeah so. Um, so how did your sandwich stay together? Your integrity? It, I'm going to give it a four. It, it, it was not, um, it was not quite at that level of, uh, you know, pureedness within a, a wrap or anything like that, but it, it stayed together for me. It, it was, um, I, I think there's probably a way to do this that, um, has a lesser hummus content, um, where it's really just kind of coating a bunch of the ingredients, but this exactly. this was like it was like a mortar or something. You just you just kind of like spread it on there, and it just stayed in whatever position you put it in. So, <laughs> um, which does not make it hard to eat. It just you know that's what hummus does. So, yeah. So I'm gonna yeah. go for integrity. Okay. Um, uh, my, my, the integrity of my sandwich was, was, was pretty low. Well, well, okay. It was relatively good, but it was hard to get a full bite. When I would bite into the sandwich, it would kind of fall apart. I've had that issue many times. Haven't been able to try to quite solve it, but sometimes the bottom bread and the top bread won't come off to the bite. Um, I think part of the issue was that when I was transporting after I had assembled it, um, you know, at, at work, um, I ended up putting it in a transport container that had the soy chicken and the bottom of that probably had some soy sauce left on it. Which means that I kind of like made the bottom bread a little soggier, which was not fair to the sandwich. Um, so, um, so when I got to the second half of the sandwich, it just started falling apart. I couldn't quite bite through the whole thing, but it didn't really affect the the taste of it. Just the experience and the integrity of it was was not as um, was not as good. So, or at least it got a little taken away. Um, so, yeah, overall, overall, two out of five on that one. Okay, fair enough. Um... In terms of conversation piece, you at least had a lot to talk about. Yes, without a doubt, there was there was a lot of content. I would say that the the two big things I felt that were the the great. I mean, you know, you know how much I like to pick out good breads. So, like the, the cranberry focaccia itself yeah. was a conversation piece. Sure, uh, it was a tasty bread. I could imagine having that. Um, uh, you know, using that again in other contexts. I just, for some reason, really liked having breads with like raisins or cranberries, you know, already in it, uh, or, or or nuts, right? But then when I when I was at this the, the salad bar kind of thing, um, and I, I looked at and saw that there were uh, pecans, pecans. Um, it was uh, I was like, this is great. I got to try this. It has a little crunch, and they may have even been sugared, but I actually don't remember because there was so much flavor. And it, even on the day, I couldn't figure out whether they were sugared or salted or just roasted or something. Mm. Um, 
but they, they they were really it was a nice addition. And I imagine if I had them with, with a little bit of sugared nature to it, it would have been a, quite an interesting experience to balance that off of the soy. Um, but I, I just remember being like, this is a very pleasant sandwich, the cranberries with the pecans. Um, so overall, like conversation piece, I actually gave it a, a three because there was a lot to talk about, but it wasn't like a. I, I don't think it was nearly as innovative as the pomegranate edition. So um, I, th- I think a three makes sense. And what about for you? Um, for me, I think this this was unusual enough that it uh, it drew a little attention. The the good thing is um, storing it, storing the actual mixture in the container meant it was uh, pretty easy to show off in the container. It actually looks really good in the container, so I'm gonna I'm gonna put up a, a photo of that as well as the the sandwich. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it was it was reasonably unusual. There's not um, a whole lot earth-shattering about, you know, onion and celery. But, sure. But the chicken, um, the chicken sausage and just the, the idea of using hummus as, like, a binding agent for the, for the, uh, the sandwich. And then, yeah, the, uh, I, I do like, I like talking about the, the pomegranate seeds. They, they really did make a difference, so... Um, yeah, we just—it's almost like having dessert at the same time as you're having the lunch. It just—it just like um, I don't know. It just keeps keeps you from being bored as you as you eat it. Yep. So I don't know. That's awesome. I mean, yeah. I. What do you think? Is this a three or a four? I guess I thought I had made up my mind, but now I'm not sure. I, I'm I. You know, we, we've we've had a lot to talk about. Uh, so, you know, what's what's the gut loud in terms of comparing it to other weeks? I mean, in some sense, this was actually quite interesting. And in fact, the hummus itself being the binding agent is probably enough of a conversation piece in of itself. I, I would go for a four. All right. Well, I'll keep the four. Okay. Okay. All right. Anyway. Uh, yes. Um, so, uh, the experience of your sandwich, may I can kick it back to you again? This this was the best part of the sandwich, was the experience. Oh, do tell. Um, okay. The the consistent the so if you think of yourself as like biting into a a raw onion, mm-hmm. just the that sensation of biting into a raw onion. I don't really like raw onion, but I like that. That's good. Um, mm. And it's it was the same with the celery. It was the same with the pomegranate seeds. And so there was a lot of um, there was some crunch to it, even mm-hmm. though it was. I like. Um, I like not fighting with things. Like I didn't have to fight to bite off a piece of the sandwich. It was very that was very easy. Um, but I really like that that kind of consistency. I thought I thought um, from a consistency standpoint, the the ingredients worked really well together. And um, yeah, I you know I I gave this a five. I thought this was this sandwich's kind of best attribute. I, I, that sounds awesome. I actually, I, this is a sandwich I would like to make. Good. I, I, I would like to try it now that I have a sense of the ingredients. Uh, I, I think I just want to use hummus more as a, as a, as a binding agent. I think that's the big thing I'm taking away. Because um, maybe, maybe that could be my substitute for those other ingredients like mustards and ketchups that I don't normally use. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so, so my experience, I gave this a four out of five. I only dinged it a bit because of, I think, the – it was kind of – hard to get through because i think the integrity here was kind of mixed up with this so like the fact that like by the end of the sandwich it kind of like collapsed on itself but the flavors were all wonderful 
And I was surprised that like even like the cooked asparagus and other things all kind of worked together. Good. Um, so um, you know the, the chicken pieces were just the right size. I felt like in the end. Um, that that sounds them... like like my my um, preferred version of a salad, like where everything's everything's kind of small and together, yep. and you can taste a lot of things at once. Exactly. And uh, cranberry yep. focaccia. So it's oh, yeah, a, that was... you know, that's a that's a good that's a good version. It's a sandwich version of a salad. Yeah, very yeah, good, exactly. Right. Good. I mean, I mean, in some sense, I, I, I would actually just eat your hummus without the bread. I mean, it sounds like you could actually make a hummus, you know, and use it as a as a spread or something yeah. for other things like crackers and stuff or dips. <laughs> um, so uh, that sounds great. Um, so, so, so let's add it up. I guess uh, I have my score here. What, what, what score did you give it? I I ended at twenty seven. Oh my god. Okay. Uh, that's great. Uh, yeah, it was good. Yeah. It turned out well. I ended up at a twenty two. So, so this week I think you. Uh, you uh, you clearly exceeded that with better taste and uh, better well, I, I kind of cheated. I, guess, I feel like so. if I had used like regular chicken, I don't know what I would have done. Yeah, I, yeah. I kept. I I kind of wanted to do this hummus thing, and um, I, I I don't you know I don't have the patience to like cut real chicken into small pieces, which is what yep. it would have taken. Without a doubt, but yep. the the chicken sausage was a nice little shortcut. Yeah, I think I think for mine I used chicken tenders, which which still was something I had to cut up in the end. But they were they weren't um, they weren't they weren't they weren't chicken breasts. Yours sounds yours sounds good, man. I I really would want to try yours. So so I don't know. Maybe Uh, that's a it's a limitation of the of the rating system that we're finding. Well, maybe we can uh, do a toss back at one point, and we can try to make each other sandwich or something. Um, Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's excellent. So, so I, I think overall a good week. I think we picked a staple ingredient and uh, you know did our best with it. I, I think we both decided that it was easier to have chicken pre-made in some way in order to assemble it as a lunch. I think that seemed like the the type of lift that we wanted for this project, rather than having to make a much more extensive uh, you know uh, cooking of the chicken. Yeah. Um, so that was great. I think we both. Um, uh, see, I, I think what my sandwich lacked that yours had was that some kind of uh, ingredient that kept it all together. I think the hummus was a very powerful thing. Um, it was powerful, I th- yeah. I, I thought the feta cheese was going to do that for my sandwich because I had learned in past weeks that cheese can be a nice, you know, it was obviously a binding agent when it melted, but yeah, I don't think feta cheese... crumbled more. Yeah, feta cheese doesn't melt that well. Um, so, and there also wasn't, a, I didn't put enough in there. So, um, I do like chicken yeah. sandwiches, though. Uh, yeah. Do you recall, you recall in high school, the chicken patty day? Oh, I remember well. Yeah. Yes. So that's uh, um, just a chicken, breaded chicken patty on on a bun, and then they left out this uh, um, giant vat of mayonnaise that just like oh, yeah. just sat out there, man. Oh uh, yeah. It's not like it got used every day, so then it would like sit out there again. And there was something about like how it how it how it was like starting to turn. It was like the dark <laughs> the dark side of mayo. That uh, <laughs> it just it just somehow it made it made it even more delicious the chicken patty. How, how about uh, how about Darth Mayo? Yes, it was it was. Uh, yeah, I don't have a follow up to that, but it, it was <laughs> it was pretty scary. The mayo I, I I do remember it though, but the chicken pieces themselves were tasty, right? The actual patty, right? Yeah, right. I mean, this was something I recall people really look forward to. School lunches. Yeah, mostly me. <laughs> I couldn't get enough of those. I, yeah. I brought my lunch both days, but you know, chicken patty day. Come on. Yeah. Do, do you remember the other? You remember they used to serve some sort of uh, 
I'll, you know, only briefly mentioned the uh, some sort of like uh, Slurpee type thing. Remember, yeah, what was Vita, Vita Pup? Vita, Vita Pup. something? Vita Pup. Vita Pup. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was um, essentially it was like shaved puppy, ice. Yeah. It was slush puppy. Right. Yes. There you go. But it was a Vita Pup. Yeah, I remember that. And there were people. There, there were students who would uh, who would man that. Uh, you That's know, right. And back that in, station. Back in our day, they were fifty-five cents. I think. Were they forty-five cents or fifty? Fifty-five. Cents? I don't remember. That was that really. I don't remember that. Yeah. That sounds in, that sounds incredibly cheap. That's just great. Oh, well, it's a good deal. Just uh, head on head on down to our old high school. Pick up <laughs> pick up a Vita Pup. Well, I, I'm sure there's been some inflation and some rising of the rising prices. Yeah, uh, yeah maybe so. maybe some resistance to some adults going on campus just to get Vita Pups. Yeah, but imagine as as a fundraiser. <laughs> Yeah, I wonder yeah, I would... if, if they were selling that. If they were selling yeah. that machine, I wonder. I, I bet they could have sold it to somebody if they were getting rid of it. Yeah, exactly right. Some, some yeah. alumnus. I mean, you could just imagine that being great over summers. It, um, yeah, yeah, like a pool, pool side. Get three. You can make three different flavors at the same time. I mean, come on. Yes. The uh, so you know I think um, conversation piece. <laughs> yeah, conversation piece. Uh, you know, speaking of conversation piece, my as I said, my sandwich. Uh, was in the was in the shape of a square, which was not intentional this week. But I realized that um, the, the 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 main character in in Flatland, I believe, is a square. That's right. Um, and in fact, I think the author writes the thing with illustrations by the author a square. Yes. So um, the so I think it's a good segue into today's uh, today's reading. Um, that your, which that is, your sandwich uh, was shaped like a square. Yes, yeah. Right. Uh, you know, because imagine, like, if I had put the square down according to the rules of Flatland, you know, flat, you know, it would have just looked like a line from each side. But if I had, like, have it shift through the line dimension, you would have seen it. In, I, don't know. Uh, I won't go into the whole thing. But the but the, so, it, so if this it is, rotated, you'd be able to tell that it was shaped like a square? Yes, yes. So this is – so this book, we, we don't – neither of us, I think, remember exactly when we first discovered this. But I, I almost feel like I've known this for uh, – for, for for as far back as I can remember, I mean, I, I'm yeah, assuming 20 that years or something, anyway. Yeah, right. I mean, I mean, it feels like that. It feels like the type of book that we like discovered in some context that we just keep going back to because it's so unique. And and you know, the the premise of, of Flatland, it seems to me, uh, well, first of all, Flatland is like this place, which I you know the quote I read at the beginning, which is um, you know everything is in two dimensions, um, and there are uh, different shapes that everybody is, but essentially, since everybody is in a two-dimensional space, everything looks like a line, but the way people perceive of each other is um, by, like, the the luminosity of the line, like the brightness of the line. So if you're looking at, like, a square straight on, you tend to see a nice straight line, but if you were to tilt it a little bit, you would notice, like, a very bright point and then, like, kind of some fadeaway out there. It's still looking like a line, but the actual luminosity that the... Yeah, plus the, um, plus the, the rotating it, thing. Know. Yes, exactly. Oh, you're right. The rotate thing. I don't remember all the specific details about well, that. It's really, but... Yeah, it's really hard to to explain out loud. He has to use yeah. some, some figures. That's right. To do it, yeah. but it's basically like if you if you picture like a triangle uh, rotating, as opposed to like a hexagon rotating. Exactly right. And, yep. and you were just looking on it on the side, and all you could see was a line. Well, at least with the um, with the triangle, the line would get shorter sometimes. Then the right, the yes, that's that's the the idea. So right, so they had to all, and you know, assuming as these shapes grew up, as it were, right, you would, you would start to understand this perception better, right? It'd be something that was learned, right? You'd be like, oh yeah, like th- this is the way a rotation of a of a triangle looks, or something, which is fascinating. 
Right. Um, but it also kind of makes you kind angle of angle feeling. Yes, I remember that as well. Uh, I, when I went back to review this, um, there was some kind of like apparently the the way these shapes interact with each other in the space is that they kind of feel each other in some way to kind of get at those. Um, yeah, so it's another way they perceive of each other. Um, it, it's really amazing. I, I think that we both acknowledged that uh, as we went back to this book, you know, we, we read it as kind of a uh, almost like a mathematical fantasy book. <laughs> um, but we both went back to it as adults and now realize that it's actually quite a sexist book. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, I lost I lost Rob there for a second. Uh, looks like I lost my internet connection, but I am back. This was not um, caused by Rob's point about um, the kind of disturbing nature of the sexism in this book. Um, but I, I agree. It's it's you know it, it's tough. I know he's. I know the guy's trying to like come up with a universe and make everything fit and everything. But uh, it was kind of tough to read at some point for that reason. It, it was. It was. Yeah. It, it was it was tough to go back into. Uh, I, I still appreciated those other aspects of the book that we will probably get into briefly. But yeah, w- when we started to remind ourselves, or you reminded me how um, how sexist it was when they when women and men are actually kind of different um, shapes. If I'm if I'm correct in my interpretation, uh, women are all just lines in this book, right? Okay, so, um, but but men, as they uh, have children, um, their children have one more dimension than them. Um, yeah, so if they're, if they're, um, if they're an isosceles triangle, the, yep. the, their angle will get it, uh, a little more, a little less acute. Okay, got it, yes. Their main angle, where their mouth is. Got it. <laughs> it's, it's like I know, it is, it is, talk about. It, it is funny to, it is funny to have when you say that out loud, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the angle eventually, uh, widens to the, to the point where, um, it is obtuse enough for the triangle to be an equilateral triangle, and then from there, uh, a side is added with every generation. Yes. Oh. oh okay. So wow, that's, I didn't even realize that when I when I went back to it. Um, so 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 that the, your 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 child is like uh, has an expanded angle. Is that right? If you're yeah, if you're in an isosceles triangle. Got it. Okay. Um, um, and, and here, being um, becoming more obtuse actually um, has the opposite effect on your mind. Oh, well said. Yes, in fact, you, it's considered more of a form of nobility. Is that right? Yes, right. Basically, the 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 more um, the more sides you have, the, the 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 more your intellectual prowess. Although we're talking to a square here, which is not. All the way at the top of the <laughs> yeah. Um, so his gr- yeah. his grandchildren are hexagons. Right. Yes. Six sided. Yeah. The square. Um, so yeah, this is uh, definitely an odd uh, fantasy, uh, but uh, but there's some fascinating stuff there. I, I think we, um, you know, and now that we've acknowledged that, like, uh, it's interesting that the that the genders have different um, ways that they, uh, you know. Um, evolve over generations but i still think we can come back to this this element of perception here which i think is fascinating in this world right when you kind of pare everything down to this two-dimensional space but everybody's kind of themselves three-dimensional they have to kind of derive all these different ways of perceiving each other right 
Um, so, and it's, you know, it's about difference of light and, and like, uh, the way shapes move when they rotate in a two dimensional space. Um, and, and feeling is a big, that's yes, a big feeling. Thing. Yes, exactly. Right. Once so it seems like an angle, you get a pretty good idea of what the shape is. Yes, that's right. Right. Which, which, which makes me think back to geometry class, right. Where like, you know, certain types of angles you know, define the, the figure. Cause it sounds like figures are, 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 uh, n- not in every case regular. Uh, sometimes they are irregular shapes, right? That's um, that's true, and if they're if they're more than thirty degrees irregular, then bad things have will happen to them. Yes, yes. Um, you know, it's hard to say whether when uh, uh, Abbott was writing this, whether or not he was trying to make some sort of allegory. It, it's unclear what this could have been an allegory to. I, I mean, he brings in elements of you know revolution and factions and uh, you know class. So I mean, he kind of explores similar issues as, as other satire would, but. It's not. It's unclear what the actual parallel is, right? Particularly on on the perception side. I'm not sure what what he what he was getting at there, other than maybe just uh, uh just uh, just just imagining what it'd be like to, to live in that space and how you would uh how you would you know. Yeah. So, right? so we can we can talk about these these other worlds too. I, yes, I want exactly. to. Um, I just want to read one part about the feeling thing. Oh yeah, please. Yeah, feel yeah. Each other. Ahead. I thought this was well said. Mm-hmm. Um. Blah, blah, blah. Otherwise, the angles might inflict on the unwary feeler irreparable injury. It is essential to the safety of the feeler that the felt should stand perfectly still. A start, a fidgety shifting of the position. Yes, even a violent sneeze has been known before now to prove fatal to the incautious and to nip in the bud many a promising friendship. Wow, that is... Poetic. <laughs> I wish I could even try to infer what that means in, in real life, but I think I just uh, it's beyond my uh, yeah. yeah. Well, you could still nip in the bud a promising friendship by sneezing on someone. Oh, that's true. That's true. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, Hasn't there it is. To me, as far as I life, know. life lessons here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> derived from uh, Flatland, uh, a book from the 1880s. Yeah. Um, so, um, but yeah, you know, it, it's hard for me not to think about physics as we think about geometry as well right it, it, i'm kind of inspired by this aspect of um you know how how uh when, you, when you're far away from certain shapes they all kind of look the the same or something right like you know how do you perceive difference of length and stuff like that it, it reminds me of a, uh, a technique we use a lot in solving physics problems or or is an often kind of like it's a technique you sometimes use um which is uh when you're far away from something you approximate it as a simpler shape right so um, so for example, like you're, if you're doing something like an astronomy, I mean, effectively, you know, all these spheres going around in space, uh, are essentially just points, mm. right? Um, and, uh, same thing with like atoms and stuff. You essentially can approximate this huge sphere. It's just its own point with like a certain like net charge that's equivalent to all the charge of the, of the, of the, of the, you know, atom or sphere or something itself. Um, I don't know. It, it just makes me think about those type of things as well, where that, um, that, that, that often in that space we, we can approximate when we're far enough away from things with much simpler shapes, which allows us to solve problems um, in, in easier ways. So it just, just reminded me of that. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, we don't use those types of things. We, 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 we may actually in inference all the time, you know, simplify, but, uh, it, but it's much more um, mathematically um, uh, derived, I guess, in, in the physical sciences. Um, so, yeah, the... Um, the, the, the book itself gets to all these different things, but I, I think the thing, we, you know, we can't help but talk about as well is we kind of think uh, how the book kind of progresses to the point where um, 
the square, I guess, figures out in some way that there are other dimensions above and below the space. Yes. Um, and um, I recall this uh, this example in the book where I guess a sphere um, kind of like passed through the 2D plane. Right. And and, and uh, I, I don't remember the exact reaction of, of the square to this, but, but effectively you uh, – you, you kind of imagine like as a sphere goes through the plane, it kind of starts as like a point, then it becomes like a, effectively what might look like a circle, right? Maybe a, it, it is a straight line, but like all parts of the line kind of get, uh, you know, have a gradient of light all the way down, right? The kind of a perfect gradient uh, from the center. And then it kind of, after that circle, eventually comes back into a point. So this is like an unusual shape to see in that space because what I can tell, circles didn't don't exist in the, in the flatland. Um, well, not real circles, but close to it, I guess. Yeah, right. So this was like an inter- so that this and you know this is almost like a matrix moment, right? Where you're you, you you realize that like there's a whole other kind of world surrounding you that's kind of um, that you're just kind of a small space part of it. Uh, oh, that was you know. deep, my friend. Well, it also you're, just reminds you of describing childhood. Oh, that's true, right? Where you where you don't re- <laughs> well, I, I don't know. Do you want to speak to that more? I mean, I I uh... no. Well, I mean. This, so this this book is a teaching tool, right? And it, it, it's it's uh, it helps the reader to understand, you know that that there could be a fourth dimension. There could be a space that we can't see, and this this uh, idea of the the square, the flatlander, kind of grappling with the idea of a of a three dimensional space. That's you know, I we can't really do the other, you know talk about a, a fourth dimension without understanding what it's like but you can kind of see I think it's explained to the square at one point um, the square wants to know uh, okay what direction is the third dimension right and and it seems obviously very very clear to us but <clears throat> what direction is the fourth dimension right I mean, it doesn't I mean, seem I mean, like there could be a direction Right, at least, at least the way you and I perceive of the world, right? But I mean, yeah, but uh, it's people, not even like people, there's a space to build into. It doesn't seem like. Well, I, I think it comes right back to how we perceive of things, right? You think about, uh, you know, the sci-fi and, and the exploration of multiple dimensions, right? And, and you know, whole areas of physics that kind of posit that there are multi-dimensional spaces that we are just a subset of. Yeah. Um, so, like, you know, time sometimes has been suggested as dimension. You think back to Einstein, right? Like the space-time continuum. Right. Um, and, and how, like, in you know, I, I think about Interstellar, right? Like the movie, and how like time was was a, a yeah, uh, spoiler alert. Oh yeah, well yeah, it's true. Yeah, um, t- t- time was a dimension that you that, that you can manipulate. Yeah, um, right. Or, or and, could could be manipulated by by creatures that knew or whatever beings that knew how to do that. Um, and so. and it could just it could easily be that we are like the line landers of the fourth dimension, right? We see if it's time. Then we see time only. We see time only as linear, right? Exactly right. Exactly there's, right. There's what maybe happens and what, what's about to happen, and exactly right. So, yes. Yeah, I mean, and, and the other thing I can't think of is uh, I, I'm just thinking a lot of physics. Today. I'm thinking about even gravity. Uh, how people, you know, this isn't there. Isn't there? A, you know, I don't know much about the science behind all this, but it would seem that. Gravity might have right uh, derived from another dimension, 
um, or something, right? I mean, I, you know, so where, where, you know, where do all these forces come from, right? Like, what, you know, what, you know, why, do, why do masses have this innate, you know, characteristic or something? Um, huh. But yeah, I, I, I don't, I didn't do my research on that one, so I'll just leave it as a as a question that's, to be pondered. That's but, a mind bender. Uh, yeah, um, I mean, you know, uh, yeah, astronomy is a fascinating thing. Um, so, yeah, so so this book, uh, you know, brought us back to our youth. Uh, uh, has definitely, uh, you know, raised a lot of questions about um, how we perceive of different things and, and, and the kind of shortcuts that we might have to take in order to make those perceptions, right? So you're in a 2D world, so you have to kind of, because I guess, you know, discrimination, discriminating between different figures is something very important, I guess, as, as a way of social interaction. So they had to, they had to derive all of these different ways of doing that. So um, it's it's kind of fascinating to see someone kind of create a whole world, just like you would create a world in like an epic or something. Um, it's just a whole other space and how the different rules kind of apply. Um, uh, was there anything else about the book that kind of stuck out for you? Well, we could talk a little more about Lineland. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sure. Yeah. Um, so, um, at one point, I think it's this. this does the sphere take him with him to the to Lineland? Uh, Land in, that, in one dimension. That sounds about right to me. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Anyway, the square the square heads on down there to the line land, and it's basically right. like there's a king that exists for part of the line, and there exactly. there are people on both sides of him. Exactly. You can only see one one person on each end at a time. Hmm. Um. Each end, one end has a, a tenor voice, and the other a bass voice. I thought I thought that would. Uh... Wow. The the voice on on your other end is different than the voice on your that you use more regularly, Rob. Wow, yeah, you're right. Yeah, the uh, I, I didn't I, I, well, I didn't uh, dig quite as deeply into the book, I guess, as you did. Well, back again. Well, yeah, yeah it's just uh, well, you know, this idea of you can you can only see you can only experience this part part of a line at at, at once, and uh, the square can kind of do to the line what the sphere had done to the to flatland yep yep yep, um, yep and and kind of appear and disappear which doesn't seem possible because there's no, there's nowhere to go in uh in line land right except that the line land exists within this other space land and everything right so right but it's not right. even like so the so the sphere goes through flatland and in addition to not being there and then appearing and then getting bigger and then getting smaller and disappearing right um well, I started that sentence wrong, but basically, it's <laughs> it's not just the appearing; it's the the getting bigger and getting smaller thing. Exactly right. But, exactly. But for yeah. for someone in line land, if a, if a shape were to inter- intersect with their line, as the square did, mm-hmm. um, it's really just only appearing and disappearing because you can't you can't perceive size. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So all you see is something there and then not there. Right. Right. I'm not there. <laughs> good, good movie. I like that movie. Yeah. Speaking of movies, well, yeah. I, well, well. Anyway, so the, we'll get back to that in a second. The so it reminded me of the kind of sensory perception thing where we 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 deal in time where, um, you know, we've got long term memory, we've got short term memory, but then we've got this this sensory perception, which is kind of like a loading bay of memory, and we can um, keep. A certain number of units in there. Um, for most people, I think it's between like four and seven units. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there are some ways to kind of cheat to get more information into those units, as we do with like social security numbers and things like that. Exactly right. Yep. Or phone numbers, anyway. Um, but if you, if our loading, if our sensory perception loading bay only fit one thing, right? Yes. Like it might, you know, maybe this is the analogy to line land. If if our sensory perception bay only fit one thing, then like we would never, we'd be idiots. Like we couldn't experience anything at all. We can experience that things either were or that they weren't. Exactly. But but like a sequence thing, or like mm-hmm. how do you? I mean, it's kind of like a, our sensory perception is kind of like having like a little workspace on your desk, right? And the world dumps some like some pieces on your desk and. You know, we're smart enough, we get enough practice that we can kind of um, put those pieces into some kind of configuration and, and make sense of them. And then it's like, oh, okay, they, you know, this is a this is a such and such a thing. And then, you know, we go and just move that out of the moving bay and into, you know, short-term memory or long-term memory. Um, but what if what if we had, like, no space on the desk? What if life kept throwing us these pieces, but you can only fit one piece on a desk at a time? There'd be there'd be no way to to kind of fashion that piece as part, you know, with with other pieces, make something exactly larger, right. or something more meaningful. Uh, or or just go back to the the phone number thing, right? It's like, oh, um, yeah, I'd like to call you sometime. What's your phone number? And by the by the time they get to the second number, you've forgotten what the first number is. <laughs> You know, you know what I mean? Like, it's just not, that's not, um, we need this, like, elbow room. We need this working space. Well, I was going to, I mean, it, what that came immediately to mind when you said that was, in order for us to perceive of our three-dimensional space, we need to have several bins that are available to us, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, so you really feel for those linelanders. Yeah, all right, but, but, and those linelanders helped us, uh, you know, better understand our own world. Um... Every, really, I mean, it's it's remarkable. No, yeah, you sound yeah. like that. What you just said is like if if there was like a video of what's his name Edwin Abbott Abbott teaching a class yep. like a flatland. Yep. What you just said would be like after he's done with the lesson, and we get back to the classroom. Yep. And then it's like a student like speaking, like just kind of sum sum up the whole thing. Right. Like a magic school bus moment or something. <laughs> right, and that's and that's why we have X. Yeah. Um, so, uh, what? So, uh, so video. Yeah, video. How would you um, how'd you turn this into a movie? Oh, um, I mean, well, I mean, you, you could go the avant-garde way and and literally have it be so that the movie starts where all you see is just kind of like different dimness, you know, dim and brighter lights. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and, you know, you kind of just, like, you get this kind of disorienting experience. But then you, then you start to kind of put the pieces together, right? Literally, you'd be like, oh, like, maybe this means this or this means this. I mean, it's amazing to think that you could actually get that much information in kind of almost a binary mode, right? Yeah. So, like, you would you would essentially be experiencing the world in that way. And I think it would be disorienting, but then you might eventually try, try to make sense of it. I mean, you can imagine this being like a an art installation somewhere. Huh. Um, but has, you know that's what that's what comes to my mind. What about you? Has there been a video of this? Yeah, I mean, I I, it's, so. it's like the the uh, 
to show someone flatland from the perspective of a flatlander, you still have to have the the side have some width. Like we just couldn't see it otherwise. So it's like it's like already cheating. Yes, I will say that I, I have confirmed over the internet that there was in fact a flatland movie. Oh. Uh, it was, it actually is, it's actually only several years old. It came out in 2007 and it's, the cast included Kristen Bell and Martin Sheen. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah, it looks, uh, it looks, yeah, uh, different. So we'll have to see how they did that. It's a short animated film. Yep. Animated? Um, yeah. They couldn't <laughs> do live action. <laughs> it looks. That's a shame. Fascinating. Uh, I didn't realize this existed, so we just learned something. But yes, yeah, so someone else has decided that they could put this into an animated uh, setting. So yes, and it was uh, so successful that we um, we had heard about it before we had searched searched the internet. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, it also involved, involved Tony Hale from uh, Arrested Development. Oh so. no! Wow, Buster. He, he he. It says he was the king of Pointland. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Martin Sheen was Arthur Square, so that's great. So um, I won't get more into that, but it's fascinating that it was tried to adapt. Uh, it was adapted. Um, and, and maybe they employed some of the elements that I suggested. I, I don't know. Um, All right. It's a it'd be interesting project. But yes. Um, so uh, Flatland, should, should I segue into a, a, a flat ingredient? Sure. So, so, so we, we talked about this before we went on air, and we thought to ourselves, um, even before we realized the connection to this, that we are going to uh, next week use a flat ingredient or a somewhat flat ingredient, uh, bacon. Bacon. I am very much excited about this. I'm also uh, approaching it with some, as the word, trepidation, uh, because we'll have to probably cook the bacon in advance. That's rough. Uh, that would be rough. Uh, it would be a shame. I may actually have to eat some bacon this week, which would be great. Um, but yeah, so that, that, that's the anything. You can add bacon to anything, they say, right? Bacon makes everything better. You can, you can add bacon to an ice cream sandwich. I think you're right. Uh, <laughs> uh, bacon ice cream. Um, mm. So yeah, so, so next week should be a great week. People can uh, can tune in to episode 7 on bacon. Um, and... Uh, this has been a really fun <laughs> conversation today. Don't, don't uh, turn that dial. Yeah. yeah, don't turn the don't. Yeah, or um, but yeah, Flatland. I uh, highly recommend a quick read, or maybe uh, even to go go see this movie, um, uh, <laughs> which we now know exists. Um, well, Ryan, it's been fun. This was episode six, um, and uh, I look forward to uh, to next week. All right. Take care.